From Shoreditch to Greenwich, the South Bank to the West End, the city's creative talent is on display this week. I'm Serena Tarling with the Financial Times. I went down to the London Design Festival's newest venue, Somerset House, to talk to the winners of this year's London Design Medal, Edward Barber and Jay Oscarby. We were also joined by writer and author of London Design Guide, Max Fraser. We are very excited to be the recipients of the London Design Medal this year. London is not only one of the centres, if not the centre now, for design in the world, um, but for, for Jay and I, it's been the place where we met while we were studying together at the Royal College of Arts and where we've set up our first studio and we've been working together now for, well, 20-odd years. And so London has been at the absolute core of our design career and it's been the most fantastic place to be working. Yeah, for us, I think, it's, it's brilliant to be recognised by design festival in your own city in your own home territory but for, I think what's amazing for us and what's what's been great about how we've been able to develop the work that we do it's been it's an incredibly diverse and multidisciplinary studio that we have and actually London is one of the few places one of the few cities in the world that enables you to have the freedom to be who you are what you want and to be able to practice the things that you want to practice and kind of amazing ability that London has to act as this sort of magnetic Hub and sort of generates this confluence of people and ideas and creativity that we thrive from. Here in Somerset House, I've seen some fascinating installations from Paternity to Ross Lovegrove, Jasper Morrison, and then your own. Can you tell me a little bit about some of the exhibits that you've got across the festival this year? Well, in Somerset House, we have done an installation that we're calling the Reading Room because we've just published a book this week, which is a sort of visual overview of the last four years of our projects, which includes some very sort of low-key projects and also things like the Olympic torch. But what we've done is we've taken a snapshot of each project rather than going into the depth of the history and the process of that project. And so what we have here is a room filled with um, new pieces of furniture which we've designed with various manufacturers and also some new paper lanterns that we've made with this fantastic paper lantern company called Ozeki in Gifu in Japan. So it's a, it's a real selection of different objects. And that's here, but also this week we're uh, launching our first piece from a really long collaboration with Axel Hansgrohe, the German shower and bathroom company, which um, is particularly exciting for us because, as I said, it's been a very long project and has meant completely rethinking certain aspects of the engineering of showering. You know when you put in a ho- go to a hotel and you get in the shower and you just actually don't know what to do next? This, this um, project has simplified that process, so it's pretty idiot-proof. And so we're showing that in Clerkenwell. Max, you've been involved with the London Design Festival as Deputy Director for many years. What's your experience of London as a design destination? You know, when I was working at the festival, I obviously understood and saw what goes on behind the scenes prior to the winner winning. Ed and Jay's work is very representative over 20 years of the, of the breadth of output. You know, it was interesting. I was saying to Ben, the director of the festival, the other day, now that I'm not so involved in the organisation of it, it's interesting to observe it sort of as an outsider again, you know, and see that actually knowing what goes into an extraordinary festival like this, where there's over 300 events around the city, the coordination, the conversations, the politics, the logistics, you name it. So many things can go wrong and do go wrong. I'm also very conscious that the festival is enormous. 
and it was all something that slightly weighed on my on my mind when I was working there is how much bigger can a festival like this become we've got something like last year was 300 events now it's something like 350 is there space in London for it and I think the answer is probably yes London still seems to be the place where people come to explore and see new ideas it's an ideas showcase And I think what's great about the festival is it it commissions designers and architects to work on projects which more to do with experience, which everyone can understand on their own terms, and they don't need to be design aficionados to come and get stuck in. That's true, because you you get much more of a sense of the interactive element. Try on a coat to go and look at an installation, or you have the sounds and the smells and everything all around you. It's quite a sensory experience. Over the last few years, there's been a big move towards the handmade and the handcrafted, and it's something that Jay and I and our studio have been very interested in from the, from the very beginning and something that we continue to look at every year with each project and that's why this year we have these paper lanterns, the, the Hotaro lanterns which are made in exactly the same way they have been for hundreds of years. so amazing to watch a real craftsperson at work and it's, it's something very beautiful to see that in this day and age people still will take the time and, and have the skills to put into a product like that. That's actually part of our job, I think, now, and that's changed a lot, I think, probably in the psyche of the designer. We're no longer seeking to become celebrities, I think, which designers often were in their sort of 80s, 90s. We see our role now in perpetuating craft, perpetuating manufacturing, and doing what we can to enable these wonderful institutions to flourish and carry on to develop. And just in your whole experience, can you tell me what it's been like logistically trying to coordinate something on this scale in such a huge city? Well, I mean, we've been involved in the festival for many years and we've done some very low-key installations. And then last year we had this incredible opportunity sponsored by BMW, so quite a serious budget to do an installation in the V&A in the Raphael Court. And we, we did a sort of monumental revolving for better for an easiest way to explain it a monumental revolving mirrored ceiling and that involved a huge amount of engineering and expertise from Arup and a lot of bravery from the London Design Festival for allowing it to happen and also the V&A and the Queen actually because they had so could be able because the 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 Raphael cartoons are actually owned by the um, the Queen's collection so we had to get permission to install this giant thing in there. They didn't fully understand the scale of it. Well, it's almost like a football pitch of aluminium. I think it's 20 tonnes suspended and rotating in the space. It's incredibly ambitious. The point of it was to create an experience. It wasn't really about the object itself. And what it did was it gave the gallery a very unusual sense of the space so it reflected everything around it and it was very disorientating and in fact it didn't always move sometimes it would stop and it would stay stationary for a little while and I was in there one day after two or three days and and an an elderly couple came in and the mirror was flat on the ceiling and so you didn't really notice it when you came in and they hadn't come to see our installation I'm sure they'd come to see the cartoons and after two minutes the mirror started to move And when they caught sight of it, I think they thought the building was coming down and they sort of sprinted as fast as they could for the doorway. I felt very bad. I do remember a meeting on a rather hot summer's day and uh, I wasn't in the meeting. It must have been three hours long or something. And you came out and I I said to you, how's it going? Is is it going to be all right? And you looked at me and you said, I'm really pleased I'm not engineering this one. That's design. That's the nature of what we do. I mean, it's very infrequently that we, we're just drawing with no means to an end you know, our job is that of a collaborator and enabler as well as you know, bringing the creative thinking to, 
to a project. It's unrealisable without people who really understand the technologies to produce. Yeah, it's always a collaborative process. I think that's one of the great joys of working in design. And I think what the festival really tries to do is to position design in many different ways and suggest what it is rather than tell people what it is. And, and so you see a vast diversity of design definitions this week. And I think that leaves people imagining every year and going home and telling their brothers and sisters and dads and mums and so on, God, look what I saw today. This thing was incredible. And in so doing, the notion and understanding of design changes every year. Thanks to Edward Barber, Jay Oscarby and Max Fraser. To read more of our coverage of the London Design Festival, go to www.ft.com forward slash interiors.